Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Anita Marks with you on this Saturday afternoon. Getting everybody riled up with my Tom Brady take. Uh, without further ado, each and every Saturday... 215, it's Appointment Radio. Why? Warren Sharp joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Warren, welcome in. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Anita. You? I'm great. I'm great. Talking all things Tom Brady. Got on the topic, of course, uh, one of the biggest topics this week, Adam Schefter, uh, kind of throwing out the idea that Tom Brady will not be in New England next year, uh, selling his house, giving away his number 12, at least trying to give his number 12 to Mohamed Sanu, his trainer selling his house, all this... If if there's do you know is there a prop bet out there that you could put where you think Tom Brady will be in 2020? Because if there is, I, I want to put it on the Tennessee Titans. I think he joins forces with uh, Vrabel and he takes over the offense very much uh, similar to what we saw Peyton Manning do when he went to Denver. Interesting, um, interesting. That would be that would be really fascinating. Um, look, as 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 somebody who roots for. Um, a lot of even results league-wide, uh, not more parity, less you know dominance from one team or another. I hope that Brady goes somewhere else. I would love to see Belichick try to perform without Brady, Brady try to win games without Belichick. Uh, but until I'm proven otherwise, until it actually happens, I'm not going to get my hopes up too much because those two guys, they just stick together. They keep winning. At some point, you're right, they've got to – you got to think like maybe he would want a lot more money to go do something else, but I don't know. I mean, he's been there his whole career. Uh, I would love to see it happen, but I just don't know. Don't you think there's got to be a motivational? Like when we talk about Tom Brady being the greatest of all time and Bill Belichick being the greatest of all time, the t- discussion then leads to, well, did Tom Brady make Bill Belichick great or did Bill Belichick make Tom Brady great? Don't, don't you think at some point in time, if you truly believe you're the greatest of all time, that you kind of want to get out of that umbrella? You want to get out of that Bill Belichick shadow and go prove you could do it without him? Possibly, yes. But I don't. I really don't know enough about Brady's personality and his like inner thoughts to know whether he cares about that so much. Like, Does he really – I think – you could prove that you're the greatest of all time simply by winning more Super Bowls and stacking more Lombardis than anybody else in the league to do it, right? I think whether you do that with Belichick, uh, you're still going to be viewed as the best quarterback, the winningest quarterback, et cetera. So I don't know that you need to take the risk and go and, and take the money to go try to prove it elsewhere. Um, also, I think there's a pretty good chance that you won't have as much success elsewhere. And so then that could be looked at uh, poorly on your career as like a, a risk with a lower reward type move. But I could see why part of you might want to do that and entertain those thoughts of wanting to do that and, and, and to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt. But I also think you can make the same argument that he could prove that just by winning Lombardi. Interesting. Again, uh, Warren Sharp joining us here on 98.70 ESPN. All right, Sharp, uh, let's dive into the first game. Let's, uh, let's start off with the Jets. Uh, I've been talking a lot about the Jets today as, uh, now they head down to Jacksonville, Florida. They're getting seven. The over-under is at 41. If you were to play this game, how would you play it? Yeah, I mean, now that they're getting seven, I would probably be looking at the Jets. I know that I've talked up the Jacksonville Jaguars and Gardner Minshew and the fact that he's going to be in for a very nice schedule the rest of the season. Uh, his schedule is going to get 
tremendously easy the rest of the way. Uh, they didn't really do that great of a job putting away the Cincinnati Bengals, though, last week. And I think that there is excellent, excellent opportunity uh, for you know the Jets to come in here. And what better – sports betting is all about you know, timing the market, yes, but also you know, fading public opinion and trying to get those extra – half point to point wherever you can. And uh, certainly there's no worse performance that we have seen this year in prime time than what Sam Darnold did uh, on Monday night against the New England Patriots and the comments he made that were picked up by the microphone about the ghost during the game. There is not really any other time in his professional career up until this point that he is being viewed lower than he is right now. And that's the time uh, typically that you would want to be interested in buying a quarterback like this. Now, I guess you could make the argument that pass this week and wait till next week when they play the Miami Dolphins because that's a much easier defense uh, to pass the football against. Then you're probably going to have more opportunity. And in a couple weeks down the road, you're also going to be facing the New York Giants, you know, a, a big battle of New York there going on in week 10. So there are going to be other opportunities. He is going to look better from a passing perspective. Will he get it done on a short week having to go down to Florida and do it on the road? I'm not sure. I haven't done anything on this game. Um, I do like some of the things that Jacksonville's offense is doing, but I think, um, you know, if, if Adam Gase has these troops programmed correctly, which at this point I really don't know, uh, you know, we got comments after the game about effort and things of that nature. Uh, if they get things back on track, there's no reason to believe they couldn't keep this game within seven against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, he is Warren Sharp. You can find him all over social media, Twitter, at Sharp Football. Also, his website, sharpfootballanalysis.com. I say it each and every week. I can't stay off the site, to be quite frank. All right, with that being said, let's talk about the Giants. They, as well, are on the road. They're going to the Motor City. Uh, Daniel Jones and uh, the Giants getting seven as well. Um, I'm trying to think, what is the over-under in that game? I had it here. 49-and-a-half or 50. There you go. Yeah, 49-and-a-half. So, again, I will tee this up for you. If you were to play this matchup, what side of the coin would you be on, Warren? Well, I'm looking at this this Detroit Lions team, and we know a couple things. We know that this team wants to run the football, and they want to stop the run. Matt Patricia is kind of an old-school coach. Uh, that we did in New England. He wants to try to establish those things in Detroit. They have a very high run rate, and they like to run the football, but they just lost on Johnson, right? So they're not going to have as much success running the football here. Uh, and if there is a way to attack the Giants, the Giants' defense um, you know, ranks better against the run. They rank 14th against the run. They're in 27th against the pass, right? That's their weakness. Um, uh, so I would suggest to the Lions that they decide to drop back and let Matthew Stafford throw the football a little bit more. I think Matthew Stafford, he's played three straight games against opponents with top 15 pass defenses. He had to play the Kansas City Chiefs, who ranked number four in pass defense, the Green Bay Packers, who ranked number six, and then the Minnesota Vikings. That's a a tough three-game stretch over the last four because they had a bye thrown in there. I think he's going to have a lot more success against this 27th-ranked New York Giants pass defense. Um, On the flip side of the football, though, this is a pretty easy defense, pretty easy offense that the Detroit's face. If you look at those teams, Kansas City with Mahomes, Green Bay with Rodgers, and obviously what Minnesota brings to the table, those are three pretty good offenses. Now you have to go up and, and get a step down in class against the New York Giants offense. I think it should be a little bit easy for the Lions here in this game. My concern, though, is without a good run game, they're not going to be able to salt this game away as much at the end, giving the Giants some more opportunities for possession late in this game trailing on the scoreboard. 
I think the Giants have a great opportunity here to try to cover this number. Uh, if you look at who they've played recently, they've gone up against some, some teams in the rain last week against the Arizona Cardinals, a game that they had opportunities. Ingram had so many opportunities to catch the ball, kept dropping it. Um, and, and then prior to that, they're playing really tough teams like the New England Patriots defense and the Minnesota Vikings defense. The Detroit Lions are without two guys in their starting secondary. Darius Slay, they're without because he's injured, and they traded away their starting strong safety, who is really good stopping the run. So when you factor those guys in on the back half, you factor in that they're without their number one running back. I think there's enough opportunity for the Giants to keep this game somewhat close. I think this game could leak over the total as well. Um, maybe a play on the New York Giants team total over 20 and a half. Uh, that might be where I would lean or the Giants plus the seven. But that number is kind of down to six and a half at most spots now. Interesting. Again, Warren Sharp joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Two of my favorite games heading into week eight. I love Seattle. I got them actually, uh, minus, I, I always like to look ahead. I like a look, so like right now, for example, I'm looking ahead to like week nine with Case Keenum dealing with a concussion. Um, I, I know there's a chance that he might play next week, but y- you never know. The Buffalo Bills minus 10. Um, in week nine at home against Washington. I love that. But anyway, I share that just to say I got Seattle minus three. I know it's up to six and a half now. Atlanta, they haven't sacked a quarterback in four straight games. Uh, even if Matty Ice does play, he's playing with a bum ankle. Uh, so one of my favorite plays is Seattle minus six and a half. And my other favorite play is the Colts at home minus six against, against Denver, who looked absolutely horrendous last week. Those are my two favorite plays. What is your favorite play heading into week eight? I actually like the uh, first half under in that Denver-Indianapolis game. I think that game probably gets off to a little bit of a slower start. Denver is a more difficult defense than the Colts have played in a while, and they also are down Emmanuel Sanders for the Broncos, so that offense isn't going to be quite as uh, punchy through the air. I think they're going to rely a little bit more on the ground game. Indy's got a little bit of health integrated in there with uh, their defense, so I think Malik Hooker might be able to play. I'm not 100% positive there, but... Uh, they definitely got a couple of guys back last week against the Titans, and they should find a lot easier success defending the Denver Broncos than the Houston Texans. One that I found interesting, which I still think is playable, is the Oakland-Houston over the total. You know, I like to see value in the totals market, and I think this is a game Oakland, this is the first game all season that they've got a healthy and full starting five offensive linemen. Every single offensive lineman is back and healthy to play in this game. They've already been really good along the offensive line. They've done a very good job of protecting Derek Carr. And, you know, you need that when you're going on the road against the Houston Texans. I thought the Raiders had an excellent shot at actually covering that spread against the Green Bay Packers last week. A couple things just didn't go their way. The Derek Carr reaching the ball over the pile, and they would have been up 17-13 to 13 with a couple minutes left in the half. They would have been leading in Lambeau. Instead, he fumbles out of the end zone. Aaron Rodgers goes down, scores a touchdown. They're up 20-10 to 10 at halftime. They get the ball. Drive down another touchdown, now it's 27-10. to 10. The game is over after halftime. So it is tough, uh, you know, looking at what the Raiders did last week. But I think they're going to have some success throwing the football and moving it against this Houston Texans secondary, which is injured and banged up. And then conversely, in the Raiders, they couldn't get any pressure. Aaron Rodgers, the first ever perfect passer rating for a Green Bay Packers quarterback. That was astonishing to me. I thought that with all their quarterbacks that they've had come through there, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre most recently, they would have had somebody with a perfect pass rating. But needless to say, 
Oakland cannot get a pass rush going. Their secondary is really bad. They're good against the run. So I would hope that Bill O'Brien wisens up in this game, doesn't try to force the ball on the ground. I know they like to run the ball a little bit here, but you're going to have much more success throwing the football against this Raiders defense. I think as long as you're getting some conversions down in the red zone, which both of the teams offensively are good at doing, the Houston Texans ranked number two in red zone conversion offense, the Oakland Raiders ranked number seven. Um, Both these teams are pretty good at converting on third downs as well. I think there's opportunities for some points in this game. So from a fantasy perspective, put up your guys if they're playing in this game, especially at receiver position. I think like Kenny Stills could be an adequate fill-in for uh, uh, Will Fuller, who's not going to be playing for the Houston Texans. But I think they're going to be just fine through the air. I will say the sharper side right now is the Oakland Raiders taking the points there. I haven't done anything with that, but I looked at the over. Interesting. So Oakland plus six, by the way, the over-under is at 51 and a half. And, uh, and, and the Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, half over-under is at 21. Just FYI. Uh, Warren, always great having you on. Really look forward to our time with you on Saturdays. Thank you so much. Again, um, I highly recommend you follow him, especially such a great follow watching football on Sundays at Sharp Football on Twitter and check out his uh, his website, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Warren, thank you so much. Enjoy week eight. I appreciate you, Mina. You go- Anita, have a great weekend. You too. You too, my friend.